particular episode of We Only Look Thin <laughs> Woo! Woo! Uh, with your hosts, uh, Catherine Weigel and Donald Weigel. Hello. Hello. Uh, 200 episodes. 200 episodes. People ask us how we've done it, why we've done it, and we say spite. Spite. We've and- done it for spite because when we first started this, everyone said, you'll never get to episode 200. And some family members said, how's your blog? Yeah, it's <laughs> Some true. family members still ask they how still our blog is. They still ask how our blog is going. And you know going. what? It's fine. This our is very similar to our marriage because uh, when we first got together, they were like, you'll never stay yeah, together. And so we were like, we're going to get married and prove them wrong. And then we got married everybody was like your marriage will never last and so we stay together for spite yeah and they still think our marriage is a blog yeah. i don't know i don't know <laughs> how's your blog thing. marriage <laughs> <laughs> well before uh my grandmother's just turned 97 by the way yeah Let's just turned 97 uh, but before we were married uh she has uh the the habit or she she has the discretion of saying before you're actually married she says How's your friend? How's your friend? How's your friend? Yeah. How's your friend? How's your friend? How's your friend doing? Oh, how's your friend? Uh, so my friend, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good tra- That was super professional, that my transition. Friend, my friend, how are you doing? How I'm you doing, doing I'm doing pretty good. 200 episodes. That's bananas. I know. Like, I I mean, you know, in all seriousness, uh, with the, you know, spite aside, I didn't know if we'd still be doing this 200 episodes later when we started. Yeah. When we started, I think the idea was we had some things to say. Yeah. We had some things to say. But honestly, it was part of our uh, scheme to be accountable for maintaining our weight loss. I mean, frankly, I wasn't sure I would still have kept the weight off 200 episodes later at that point. Like, I, I thought I could. I was pretty sure I could, but I wasn't I wasn't sure, sure. This yeah. is like the longest I've ever kept weight off. I know. It's it's actually, I mean, this is this is going to be kind of an organic episode. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're switching it up a little bit. But yeah, you know, it's funny. The first year of podcasting, I was like, oh, yeah, and that year we did, you know, Canaries in a Coal Mine, and we did, you know, Thunderstorm and all these things. Calvin and then, Coolidge was president of the United States. Let's take you back. Let's take you back. Yeah, but like The Honeymooners was the most popular show on TV. But, you know, in the first year it seemed like we had, you know, like 10 things to say. And now we're on episode 200. I don't remember what we've said. Yeah. I don't know who we said it to. No. I don't know if we made funny jokes before. That's or if because it was just... we're old. We've forgotten everything. No, but, you know, 200 episodes, that's a lot. I forget what we say, so I bet you also forget what we say. So we're just going to go back to episode one and, and just repeat it all We're going to recap each episode right now over for the next uh, 200 hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we were we were sort of trying to think of what to do for the 200th episode uh, on episode 100, which I actually do remember, which is actually a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we thought of, or we didn't think about, we decided to do a list of our non-scale victories, NSVs, of the ways our lives have changed, uh, despite the number on the scale, how we've actually changed and grown as people. Um, so on this 200th episode, we actually had an organic human conversation about what are we going to talk about that actually matters? Or yeah. like Donald said, are we going to recap every t- of the 200 episodes? Yeah. And then Catherine suggested that we like list our 200 favorite spots. Spices. Yeah, like 200 favorite walks we've taken. Paprika. <laughs> cinnamon. <laughs> We're just going to name spices. Yeah. Because uh, they're the spice of life, as we have talked spices about. Spices are the spice of life. But really, we weren't sure what we were going to do for the 200th episode. Uh, so then we decided, it's just we're going to tell you how it all broke down. We're going to take you behind the veil. Yeah. Uh, we're like, well, should we just do an interview format where we just 
ask each other random secret questions that we don't know the answer to. Yeah. That was very stressful. Like, who actually ate the last cookie? Yeah, it was me, oh. probably. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, it's almost like we didn't we didn't really write running bells, did we? We just sort of said what the... Yeah. I almost said what the doctor told us what to the say. Doc- <laughs> told us to say it or oh my gosh oh my gosh i didn't tell you yesterday i was driving home yeah and um i was there was a carpool lane and i saw that there was a bentley behind me yeah it was like a crazy big bentley yeah and it said dr j3 on it and so i thought maybe it was magic johnson and i was like oh my gosh is magic johnson behind me and the traffic was kind of crazy and i was like Am I going to, like, get in an accident because I think I see Dr. J? Like, it was – I got very, so, very Hollywood there for a second. But you so have something to say about Dr. J. Here's where I'm going to be a super jerk. Uh, Magic Johnson's nickname is Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. J is a totally different basketball player named Julius Irving. <laughs> Isn't Dr. J Magic Johnson? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, so if you had turned around and Magic Johnson had Dr. J on his license plate, it would have been even more shocking. <laughs> I'm the worst person. Wait, Julius, wait, okay. Julius, Julius Irving, Irving who, okay. who played okay. with the Philadelphia 76ers when I was a kid slash in high school. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. I, let's just unrecord this. That's terrible. I'm the yeah. worst person. I, no, it's a great story. There's no way I'm cutting that out. There's no way I'm cutting it out. I'm really glad I and wasn't. You don't like... know how to cut it out, so it's not happening. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm actually like crying right now. So okay, so when the doctor told us to say our vows, yeah, uh, back... oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. That's how we got onto doctors. Anyway, I don't know who was driving the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no proof, but uh, but we didn't actually do vows but i know when people do vows sometimes they're like what if i say something stupid and my partner says something awesome like what if the questions are stressful like how are we gonna do this so uh going back to the beginning let's just pretend i don't know anything about basketball which i don't um that uh, we decided instead of asking just surprise questions that we would plan three questions to ask one another yeah and then one surprise question because that was less stressful i was still very stressed out i'm very stressed out to not know i'm what very stressed out because it's still there's still a really strong possibility that you're gonna say awesome things and i'm oh gonna be gosh. like i don't know I mean, you know, whatever. I just do whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm stressed that yours are going to be really deep, and I'm going to just be like, you know, the more you know, one to grow on, everybody. So, um, so yeah. So we are going take a to, bite out of crime for some reason. We are going to interview each other. This yeah. is where this all comes in. Uh, so we don't know. You know, your guess is as good as mine with this episode, dear listener. We don't know what is going to happen. We're it's just off the cuff, which uh, you know, maybe Donald can fix in post. Maybe I can. All right, let's get started. Since you're taking a sip of coffee, I'm going to ask you the first question. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Catherine, Uh, may I I call you Catherine? Um, What piece of advice would you give 
to the you of let's say six years ago. Oh gosh, okay. Uh, that you that like now you know is a solid piece of advice. Oh gosh, okay. So this is very stressful for me. So what piece of advice would I give myself? So this is the before me who hadn't even started. Yeah, losing. Well, weight. that's the way I take it. But look, it's your podcast. You can answer it however you would like. <laughs> okay. Um. So if we, dear dear listener, if we can take you back to six years ago, uh, six Th- years. Ago. These are the questions we planned ahead on, by the way. So you can. <laughs> only imagine how this is going to go with the surprise questions. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Okay, so six years ago, if I'm taking you back in time. Back in uh, <laughs> Gotta go back in, back time. in time. Yeah. Um, it was maybe the worst uh, season of my life. Our mm. daughter was getting into a lot of trouble in school. Yeah. Uh, I was so stressed at work. I had no boundaries. I had, uh, I was eating and drinking uh, my 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 sadness and my overwhelm. I was a total martyr in my life. I yeah. felt like a victim of everything. So that's the we're setting the tone, setting the table. Setting, yeah, set or setting the table or the tone. I don't know. I don't know the table tone. I make everything about food. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so if the me of now went back to uh, to six years ago, um, I would first give myself a hug because that was Aww. there was a lot going. It was so much. So uh, I'm getting all teary-eyed now. Um, But if I had to go back, honestly, just letting go of the comedy and not knowing who Magic Johnson is, um, (laughs) (laughs) I I would say, and this is, this I think is, is really true, that you become the person you're going to be by doing the things that that person does. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to know that it's going to work. You don't have to know that it's going to be permanent. But just knowing that you don't just magically transform into someone, but you you become a person by developing the habits that that person has, whether it's just starting to walk a little bit. I mean, I know we, we've joked about it before. As soon as, 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 uh, as close as yesterday about like seven minute abs, like, well, seven, you can't get fit yeah. in seven minutes. Like if it's under 30 minutes, don't even bother. But I don't have 30 minutes, so I'm not going to do anything. Well, see, I go the other way. I'm only doing six minute abs. I'm well, not putting in that seventh minute. <laughs> but like, but now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, what does that person do? That person starts out by doing one minute abs. You know, I always yeah. thought it was sort of this all all or nothing. And if I can't do it perfectly, I can't do it at all. But really, those sort of baby steps of, you know, just starting exactly where you are with the resources that you have. And that's actually, you know, what I ended up doing. I didn't start, you know, running a marathon. I started by walking a quarter mile to school with our daughter. I mean, that was it. It wasn't this huge proclamation. It wasn't this, okay, well, now I'm revved up and I'm going to run the marathon. It was just walking for 10 minutes. And I built that up over time. But if, you know, but six years ago, I was just like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. It's got to be all or nothing. And it turns out like something really actually does matter. So you become the person you're going to be by doing the things that that person does. Yes, indeed. And so, Donald, I will ask you a question. If you could go back, now you know what the question is, but um, but what would what would you say to yourself? So, years ago? so this is where maybe we should have shared our answers because my answer is really similar oh, to your answer. I actually wrote out some notes, but okay. the the idea that slow. I know that it's a cliche. We talked about like we were just going to like devolve into cliches, but slow and steady wins the race. Telling myself of six years ago that I don't have to figure out everything overnight, that I don't have to just make tons of sweeping changes and be like, go to bed one person and wake up a totally new person. 
that I don't have to do that is huge. The idea that there is no finish line in this and that yeah. I can just make tiny changes. I can start with the things that I actually think that I can manage at that moment and then enjoy the success from those and build on those. That to me was would be the biggest piece of advice because I think that it just there's so many times in my life where I was just like I am not going to do this because I just can't make those giant overwhelming changes. And the good news is I don't have to. I didn't have to and telling myself that. And the other thing, which I don't think you necessarily did touch on, the other piece of big advice for me would be to work on my mindset. Um, And I don't think I realized six years ago, I didn't even realize it, you know, maybe even, you know, a year in, two years in, until I was sort of came out on the other side, that people don't talk about mindset. Like I wanted somebody just to give me instructions like building an Ikea piece of furniture Mm -hmm. or something that was like, do this in step A, do this in step B, do this in step C. But really it was working on my mindset, developing a growth mindset, developing a positive attitude and getting over the idea of losing weight quickly, getting over the idea of making those overnight changes, getting over the idea of, you know, having to have perfect willpower. All of those things have added up to the weight loss success that I've had thus far. Well, fine. Well, I'm going to add on to mine too. So ha 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 to you. Uh-huh. Uh, now, the mindset thing was huge. Um, I, I, I feel like I always just sound really snarky. I had no idea that mindset mattered. I just, like you said, I just wanted, you know, the, I thought I had a calorie problem, but really what I had was a mindset problem. And beyond that, and something that I didn't even know was a problem, hopefully this isn't a question that you're going to ask me. Um, but I realized I had really terrible boundaries. I had no idea that my emotional eating, my secret eating was about boundaries, asserting my needs, telling yeah. people what I wanted instead of making people guess. That was huge. And it has been, you know, something that's evolved over the last six years. But for me, I just thought I had a recipe problem or a, you know, one weird trick problem. What I had was poor, you know, interpersonal boundaries work boundaries, family boundaries. And the more I've been honest about what I need from people, the less weight I've carried emotionally. And that has been a huge shift. So Fantastic. sorry, sorry, I made it about me. So that was uh, that was question one, right? Well, as your penalty for making it about you, oh, I'm no. going to ask you the next question. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you man. expanded. You hmm. got your chance. Hmm. Um, okay, Catherine, question two. What has been harder now that you've reached your goal weight, what has been harder than you thought it would be, uh, let's say five, six years ago when you started down your current path? So I think I've been really, if I may toot my own horn. Um, yes, you can be a horn tutor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, and this is something just, you know, even thinking about as we've been doing the podcast, I think the hardest thing for me still is tracking while on vacation. Oh, interesting. Like actually when when things are easy and we're home and everything is within our control, 
it, you know, it's pretty easy to stick to my plan. But the, you know, the times over the last five years that we've gone to Disney World, or we've gone on a family vacation, my intention, and we've even done episodes on, you know, managing your calories during vacation. Yeah, I think it is still the hardest part for me, we can say like, oh, well, you know, save the indulgence for the last day. You know, we've given, you know, lots of advice on how to minimize damage. But but honestly, when we were in Hawaii, and you know, this is a brag, you know, just having day cocktails and enjoying myself. Yeah. It's fine when I'm, you know, when we're in, we're insular and it's just us, but then having other people introduce the foods that they eat, like giant five pound buckets of granola. <laughs> yeah. It's still like, oh, yeah, man. My sister went to Costco and Hawaii or Target or something and bought like a giant five pound bucket of, yeah. of granola. And it was a trans, it was like a see through bucket too. It wasn't an yeah. opaque bucket. But I think for me that that is still really hard. That sort of moderation uh, on vacation is still something that, you know, I'm definitely better than I would have been, you know, five years ago. But it's still like, oh, boy, that's still a a hard part for me. We actually went – we had a little family getaway um, uh, last Saturday. And we ended up actually, like, sharing a cupcake instead of each getting a cupcake in the family. So I feel like that was an improvement. But I still, you know – overindulged um so i think that's the that's the hardest thing for me maybe that's not um super exciting but that's that's the hardest thing for me donald what about you um the thing that i think is much harder than i thought it would be is maintenance in general and to be more specific about that i i thought the entire time that i would have to eat at a certain calorie deficit And then I would lose, 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 and then I would hit a certain mark, and then I would be able to add calories back into my life and, you know, sort of have an easier time of eating. And because I thought, well, if I'm not trying to actually lose weight, then I can probably eat more calories. But it turns out I basically have to still, like, eat and exercise at the same levels I did when I was trying to actively lose weight. Like, I can be just maybe just like a percentage or two looser with calories than I was when I was actively trying to lose. But it's it's really like I'm doing essentially the same yeah. stuff I was doing when I, uh, when I did lose. And, you know, we've said this before, but um, – and I'm not trying to make this a double answer again, but oh, I <laughs> – Do whatever, man. Double-decker. But, but, you know – I am like not club sandwich. I'm not fixed. We've talked about this before. Like I still feel like, you know, the, I still secret eat sometimes. I still have binge episodes sometimes. And like that person who just says like who throws up their hands and I can't curse on the show who and says like, you know, you know, I'm just going to blow it is like right there below the surface like all the time. And I spent you know, 45 years basically like being that person. And I've only had, you know, been doing this for like six years at this point or whatever it is. And I, that person is still lurking below the surface and I have to fight with myself all the time. Um, And that has been much harder than I expected. Yeah. I think, I mean, and 
I know we've done episodes on maintenance before, but I think I did sort of the same thing thinking, you know, I, I was actually interviewed on the Half Size Me podcast. You were as well. And yeah. the host, Heather, had asked me, you know, like, what do you think maintenance will be like? And I'm like, oh, probably an extra one to 200 calories a day, maybe a, you know, a teaspoon of oil or something like yeah, as yeah, though yeah. that would be it. But sort of tying back into the vacation thing, what I have actually found to be true is that. I generally eat at a deficit, like all the time, and then I go on vacation, gain three or four pounds, and then I eat at a deficit basically until we go on our next little getaway. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm basically always eating at what I hope is a deficit. And then we have those little punctuation marks of going off plan. So it's not like, oh, well, now I just eat 2,000 calories a day. It's like 1,700 for, you know, five weeks. And then we have an indulgent dinner out even. Yeah. I mean, life happens. You don't just go into some bubble where, you know, you can just stay on your plan like all the time. Yeah. So I think for me, it's that, you know, I'm still eating at a deficit 90% of the time. And then I have, over, you know, indulgent days or, you know, it's that time of the month or whatever, and I'm up a few pounds. So I think that is that is unexpected. I thought it would just be a flat line. And for some people it is, but for me, it looks more like a uh, topographical map of the Colorado Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> We all know what that looks like. We sure do. All right. Would you this time like to ask me the question I first? Would. Wait, right. are you asking me a question? I'm asking okay. you to ask the question. Um, so uh, what is easier about uh, where you are right now than you thought it would be? Again, I have two answers for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm hedging. I'm, uh, I'm taking advantage. Um, the first answer, and I just want to preface this by saying, like, I don't know if this would be the case for everybody. I feel like it's kind of not the case for Catherine in a lot of ways. But something that is easier for me has been moderating my treats. Um, I used to consider myself a soda addict. I mean, like, at the height, I would drink between 6 and 12 cans of regular soda, like, yep. every day. That is no lie. And, you know... That was in addition to I would go to a movie and I would get the absolute largest regular soda, um, like all the time, all the time. And I I really thought I would have to go cold turkey on that. But now I'm at a point where I can just I can have one once in a while. And like it doesn't cause me to like spiral into badness and go back to, you know, doing that all the time. I can have one. I have one on a day and then I maybe don't have one for another several months. Well, and here's the thing. I'm taking it back. I'm going back to what's harder than I thought. Donald Weigel has buckets of potato chips under our bed. Yeah. He, it's basically, we don't even have a box spring. It's just potato <laughs> chips. Donald is a moderator. And I forgot one of the hard things for me, where it's easy for him, is he can totally moderate. He plans out his See, But I didn't used to be. I didn't used to be. And that's why I think this is easier than I thought. I used to be somebody that was like, I, I would eat one mini bag of chips, or I would eat like the first chip. And then I was, it was done. I was just, I would give myself inner permission to then eat all of it, to eat the entire, like, you know, multi-pack or, yeah. or the entire giant, you know, Costco-sized bag of them. And I have found it, like, actually much easier to moderate that stuff now than I than I thought I would. I still remember the first time you had a bottle of Coca-Cola 
after losing weight and you you got it i think it was like for the super bowl yeah and i was like hey donald what's up with the coca-cola how's it going my I guy just imagine like a dr jekyll and mr hyde thing <laughs> like i was gonna drink one soda and suddenly just like I the was... soda lust would overtake me and i'd be like drinking all the sodas in all of los angeles i was really nervous but he has done a great job of moderating for I- I did go like a whole year without a soda, like yeah. without any sort of real, like honest to goodness treat at the very beginning. A year without a soda clause. Yeah. Um, so for me, the moderating has actually been really difficult. I have had to just abstain from certain things outside of the house, or I've had the opportunity to abstain from things out of the house where Donald can just have one. I have a much harder time with it, so... Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm and then the second back. answer to that oh, yeah. question is uh, going to bed early and getting up early oh. has turned out to be much easier than I thought it would be. I mean, I I think it was just it was just like I didn't want to before, but doing it is actually it's easy now. I I just do it and I actually like it and I like those morning hours before yeah. anybody else is up. I look forward to them. It's it's really some of my like favorite parts of the day are the morning hours where it's just you and I like either having coffee or rebounding or whatever. Like, you know, and I it's been much easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, we were definite, you know, sort of going back to the last episode that we did about setting us ourselves up for failure. We would stay up until 11 o'clock watching Seinfeld. I'd wake up late. So I would have, you know, McDonald's for breakfast, wouldn't have time to make lunch, was tired all day, you know, eating, you know, uh, Cheesecake Factory for lunch. And that was just a cycle that we just did. And I didn't think more like you were just magically made a morning person. But I think that's a great that's a great point. I love being a morning person and getting up uh, early now. And we're like turning the lights out at nine o'clock, you know, nine, nine thirty. And uh, that is fine for me. So It is fine for me, well, too. That, OK, so what's easier for you than you thought? What it is would easier be? for me? Um, tracking. Tracking is like, it's not even a thing. Yeah. It just, now that is pretty That first week that I was tracking, you know, back in uh, 2016, it felt unfair. It felt like the whole world was against me. Like, you know, nobody else has to do it. Why should I do it? It is such just a seamless part of my life now. I don't, there's not a like, you know, oh, it's not fair. It helps keep me on track. It's like knowing how much gasoline is in my gas tank. It's not yeah. like bumming me out. It's just you a know, budget. How much money's in your bank account? Like you can't, you can't just, you know, like, well, I think there's enough money in there. Yeah. Like it is just a neutral part of my life. It is a very small price to pay for the success that I have continued. Um, you know, even for days that I don't track, I put in, you know, if I don't track accurately, I put in a blanket 3,000 calories just to kind of keep the practice up. But I've been tracking basically nonstop, you know, aside from, you know, maybe a couple days a year I've forgotten to. But it's just a non-issue. And I, I still see a lot of people who are resentful of it. And we did, you know, I like math sometimes, but I realized, you know, and I, I, I did this in Walt Place recently of I actually did a video of myself tracking, pre-tracking my day, and it took less than three minutes, which is like, <laughs> if you do the math, I think it's like 0.3% of my waking hours. Yeah. And even if it took 10 minutes, it would be like 0.1% of my waking time. Yeah. And if I'm not willing to put in that little effort to something with that big of a return, like it, it's such a small price to pay. And it has, uh, it has been really easy. And that first week 
just, I mean, it felt physically like disruptive and awful. And now it's like, ah, eh, whatever. It's just, it's just part of my life. So yeah, I think that- I'm going to say something that's going to make people hate me. I've always oh. found tracking easy. Oh, yeah. Goody yeah. So I'm not surprised. It's and guess easy. what? I've got a two part, two part answer on this one. Uh Oh my guy. Uh Oh. Um, so the other part is, you know, and this is something that I hadn't considered uh, when we started, Donald just sort of talked about this is that my growth mindset is just kind of fluid now. Not that I don't have setbacks, but before Ah. when it was like, all right, remind yourself to have a growth mindset, I actually actively am like, oh, this is a problem. How can I look at this differently? How can I make it work? And I've had a few situations this week alone where I have, you know, come up with a challenge and instead of panicking, instead of going, you know, see, nothing ever goes my way. I'm a victim to this. Yeah. I had a boundary issue with our daughter that I was like, oh, well, how do I want to feel about this in the future? Okay, well, I don't want to be upset. What do I actually want to have happen? And it just was playing in my head naturally, not as a like punitive, like, okay, fine. I want a good relationship. It was like, (laughs) no, I actually want a happy result for this. How can I make that possible? What boundaries can I set? And then something happened on Friday too, where I had a conflict and was like, oh, how can I make this easier on myself? And it worked. And it was like, oh, see, if you actually look for solutions and compromises, (laughs) like it actually works. And it, it feels really good to do that. And I, the it things that have worked actually, actually work. work. No, but it, the the thing that is easy is that it is just a natural part of my life now, looking yeah. for the solution instead of focusing on the negative. And before, I used to want the negative almost. Like, I want it to be a problem because that makes me stressed out and then I get to eat about it. And looking for the positive and the solutions, it feels a lot better. And it, not that everything works out, but like asserting boundaries has just it's been really helpful and yeah it's something i need to work on more i i would put that in my harder category actually it's too late you can't talk about that we already (laughs) passed that no but like (laughs) but like i didn't know you know if someone had been like hey guess what martyr like you have an opportunity to make positive changes no i don't like but now it's it's getting easier so i'm here to to help you on that transition as well so you moderate and i uh, i I have growth mindset so sounds um, good now here comes the scary part it's uh, our our unplanned questions oh wait did you is do you have anything else to say i feel like i can't remember nope you got nothing else Ooh, the secret part um let's see uh, who wants to go first? You, you, should we, you should tell we rock, me. paper, scissors? <laughs> We're going to rock, paper, scissors yeah. on a podcast. Okay, okay. One, two, three. Uh, oh, oh wait, Catherine, so Catherine won. Yeah. I got scissors. Yeah, Catherine did scissors. I did paper. Okay. Uh, ooh, can I ask two questions? Or we'll start with one. Sure. Okay. okay. You can ask two. Okay. Uh, what hasn't changed? Well, I think I kind of answered this earlier. Like, I'm, I'm still doing the same things I was doing when I was trying to to lose weight and I still am I still have episodes of uh, I'm like basically repeating myself but I still have binge eating episodes I still engage in secret eating from time to time uh, I still find myself occasionally like losing control and just eating whatever I want Um those sorts of things. Now, what has changed is that I know that's not what you asked, but you know, I don't want to know. <laughs> those episodes are fewer and farther between, and I know better how to recover from them. Yeah. I know how to li- limit the damage from them. I have habits in place 
to um, to stop myself from, you know, getting out of control or just, you know, giving up or just, you know, caving into that all or nothing attitude. Um, but most of those things have uh, have all stayed the same. May I add to your answer? Yeah. About yourself? Yeah. Um, what also hasn't changed for you is that you still work in an industry that has food everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is still tempted every day. No, and people think that I – like routinely people think that I am a crazy person because I bring my own food to work so that I can eat the way I want to eat. But it's free, Donald. I know. Instead of eating the, I mean, there is so much free food available at work, like, you know, that I would, you know, I wouldn't have to pay for. I could eat as much as I want, but I guarantee I would be a hundred pounds heavier in no time if I, if I did that. Well, I think it came up recently, you know, just sort of like, oh, well, they're giving free food at work or, oh, this, you know, we're, we're being taken out and it's free we're not college students like starving without any money trying to like oh like i heard there's free food in the kitchen like i'm a grown-up like yeah i'm a grown-up with a good job who can like buy my own food and bring it to work (laughs) yeah so that sort of impulse of like it's free like nothing free is free so sorry i added on no that's good do you want to ask me your second question no i want you to ask you want me to ask you because i only have one question for you okay that's fine okay so and I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, hopefully this is a good question. Um, I think it is. If you could wave a magic wand. Ooh, James Clear. Or no, uh, BJ Fogg, okay. And get rid of an outdated or misguided piece Ooh. of conventional wisdom about weight loss and fitness, what would it be? Oh, man, that's... Okay, Barbara Walters. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Can you ask that again? I just want to make sure I... Okay. Can you use that in a sentence, please? If you could wave a magic wand and get rid of an outdated or misguided piece of conventional wisdom about weight loss and fitness, what would it be? In other words, what is the thing, especially in hindsight, now that you have hit your goal weight, you've maintained it for, for what is it, three, four years now, um, what is the piece of weight loss advice or wisdom or um, that that people, you know, take as gospel that you it. would want to get rid of. I got it. Okay, so I think the biggest revelation in all of this is that I, I think that in the industry itself, there are plans that demand compliance. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, Weight Watchers, you get 28 points, as though you're actually given, like, food coupons that you have to use each day. I think the biggest uh, shakeup is that you can take from as many plans as you want and compile something that actually works for you. You don't work for Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers works for you. Yeah. And you can have as many points as you want. You can change your plan as much as you want. You can hybrid and use different parts of different things to come up with something that is uniquely yours. Now, that can be scary because some people want to be told exactly what to do and how to do it. I tried that for 35 years of trying to comply to other people's expectations or their, you know, idea of how weight loss works or how your life works. But quite honestly, we are grownups and we're responsible for what we put in our bodies. And if people say like, oh, you got to have this much, you got, if you don't have this much protein, if you can't lose weight with pancakes, all these different stories are absolute garbage. And I was victim to other people's interpretations of the perfect way to do it. 
And once I finally realized that I could craft a plan that worked for me and my lifestyle, knowing that I didn't have to do what Donald was doing, I don't have to listen to anybody else, and I could really take out the pieces that added to my life instead of trying to conform to whatever plan said, you know, was was on or off. I remember a, a friend of mine was doing a plan, but she had modified it to include something else, and she posted about it on Instagram and hashtagged yeah, the, yeah. the plan plan and the person who ran that plan was like please stop using this hashtag you're not doing it the right way and like what greater gift is there to find a plan where you're incorporating different pieces from different things and making it work for yourself to saying that you're not losing right is yeah. terrible so uh so that was a very good question doll i think it's there's such liberty in being like how am i gonna make this work for me based on what i want to do well thank you uh, i actually have a couple of answers i thought you might give Ooh, okay. <laughs> that i wrote down that are sort of mine. <laughs> okay, what, do um, I, what am just, I really thinking? Just quickly. The first one is, I thought you might say, or maybe this is more me, is that you have to go to a gym in order to lose oh, weight. Oh, yeah. I. You e, don't. That's the opposite I e, of it. like, hard exercise is the only way to successfully lose weight. And we, we know that that is not true. The other thing I thought you might say is that you just need the right recipes. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, I kind of said that earlier. That, that you might want to get rid of. What and about- then, Lastly, um, the thing I thought you might want to get rid of is people saying, I know what to do. I just can't get myself to do it. I really take umbrage with that. But maybe those are your answers. Maybe those are my answers. What are your answers, Donald? Those are my answers. (laughs) (laughs) Just said. Um, You know, just to elaborate on that last one, just quickly. Wait, can I stop? Yeah. I love you so much. I love you so much. (laughs) Do I need to edit that out or can I leave it in? Um, The... Uh, the idea that if, if you were saying to yourself, I know what to do, I just can't get myself to do it, then you don't actually know yeah, what to do. I still hear that so often and people just try to, you know, bite off more than they can, they can actually manage. It's really hard to hear that. And I can just, I can just see people going like, well, I say that to myself and I'm angry now, but it's true. If you just relax, think about it for a minute and, and, and not just get angry that I just said that it really, like I used to say it all the time that I just know what to do, but it turns out I didn't know what to do. I just thought I did. Well, and it's a loophole too, because if you say what you need to do, but can't yeah. do it, and then that kind of absolves you from having to do it. Cause you're still trying to find that like lightning bolt moment to, to turn into the new person. So, um, Nicely done. I like that. Was a great question. I feel like I need to fancy up my second question. Do you you have another question for me? I do. Okay, let's do this. Let's bring it home. Okay, so here it goes. Um, And we've actually sort of talked about this before, but uh, but I'd like to to ask you the question. Okay, what do you miss about the before time? Wow, that's that's a really it's a really good question. It's really hard to answer. May may I may I keep going on it? Sure. Like we've changed a lot, but it doesn't mean that we don't miss aspects of the before time. So anyway, so what are you going to say? I I see it's so funny because I think of things that I miss. I in one sense, I really miss going out to eat as much yeah. as we ate. And the other the other part of that you know what? This this is the answer. The other part of that is, you know, we were really coming into our own, so to speak. Like, I thought one of the most adult things you could do, one of the most grown-up things you could do was to 
belong to wine clubs. Yeah. Oh, and I do we, miss that. we belonged to three wine clubs and uh, we went to Napa at least once a year, um, you know, maybe more. You know, it's not that oh, far from I where we that. live. Um, you know, we weren't like <laughs> renting private jets or anything new up there. But not that there's anything wrong with that. But I I really miss... <laughs> Don't jet shame, Donald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm jet shaming. Um, I really do miss that. But what I don't miss, <laughs> which is what you didn't ask me, I don't miss the negative consequences yeah. of that. I don't miss the, like, getting, getting, you know, going out to eat and then coming home and having to take a nap because I was so tired or, you know, having half a bottle of wine and then, you know also needing a nap or, you know, not having any energy to do anything else. I don't miss the, you know, the inability to walk places and to really enjoy vacations that didn't involve food. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what I miss. The but anti answer. <laughs> but I don't miss the consequences of all of that. Yeah. Can I, can I answer? What? Please. I'm not going to say what you like, oh, well, this is what I thought you were going to say. I I'm assumed say what you were I'm going to answer say. this question too, yes. Okay, sorry. You're getting more uh, more than you bargained for. But I think what I miss, and I, I don't miss it, but I do miss it, is that I felt like I was a victim of my life. Oh, I yeah. could blame everybody else in the world for all of my problems. I could blame circumstance. I was a total martyr. I was like, okay, well, this is just my lot in life. I definitely felt like a background actor in life. Hmm. And it was much easier when you're a background actor. You just show up when people tell you to show up. Yeah. You just say your lines. You get craft service. You get to eat whatever you want. And there was there was a, a passivity about everything that I just felt like I was underappreciated, under, you know, underpaid, underloved, whatever. And there's like, there's comfort in feeling like you have no choice. You have no agency because then you don't have to change anything because it's just like, well, this is just what life is. But then that, that there's a, there's kind of a fear of like, oh, I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for creating boundaries and, you know, actually having agency in my life. So it's just sort of this weird, like you said, like I miss, you know, going out to eat all the time and you know we still drive past old places that we would go to and be like oh remember every time we'd go there but you know what it feels a lot better at 47 to not feel like i'm dying like yeah. i actually thought six years ago i remember thinking like i just feel like i want to be a puppet on a string i want someone else to push the buttons and, and move my arms i actually just felt like i was just crumbling. And, you know, that is the consequence of being a victim and being passive. Now I want to go back and give you a hug. <laughs> no, but it was like, ha ha ha. It was awful. Like yeah. six years ago, I was in a really dark place. And knowing that it's possible to break out of that, it takes effort and it takes focus. But I feel better than I have like my whole life. Yeah, I feel no, more I, myself. And I do too. I feel more like I'm in control of my destiny, of our future, and it, you know, it just feels so much better. But sure, like I miss sitting around yucking it up, watching Seinfeld, and eating everything, and being in wine clubs. But I don't, like you said, I don't miss the results of that. So, um, well, I think that is a great place to wrap up this our is a good job. We did a good two hundredth bicentennial episode <laughs> celebration uh, that we started back in 1776. Um, <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't, uh, 199 others, 199 happy haunts are uh, are waiting for you. Uh, uh, there's always room for one more or something. Um, Haunted Mansion reference, everybody. Uh, anyway, uh, they're all available wherever you found this episode or also on our website at weonlylookthin.com. And if you're at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link for join our support group to find out more about Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is a uh, online accountability group for women based on Facebook. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial or a three-month option with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. It is not a weight loss plan, but it is a place for support and accountability and that darn growth mindset. Yeah, and there's lots of other women there who are going through the same things that you are, who have already been through and come up with solutions, and you get access to Catherine Weigel. Um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of the work that you do in, in Walt Place. Thanks. And uh, if, uh, if you think you might be interested, you know, sign up for a trial. Uh, you don't have uh, anything to lose. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you'd like to interact with us via the socials, you can reach us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Only Look Thin. Or if you're feeling a little more old fashioned, uh, email is now old fashioned, you can email us, we only look thin at gmail.com. Uh, we love episode suggestions, uh, we love uh, questions. We love to hear uh, from you and just say hi. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and if you're feeling generous, uh, because this is our 200th episode, why not give a little gift back by heading over to Apple Podcast and leaving us a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast and it fills our heart with joy instead of food. Indeed. <laughs> uh, and also, you could just tell somebody about the podcast. The uh, word of mouth really helps. Spread it around. Uh, let people know to listen to us. We appreciate it. Yep. And so if you are at once horrified that I don't know who Magic Johnson and Dr. J are, uh, but you still find <laughs> us inspirational. Just, Not a basketball podcast. No, but uh, just remember that Donald and I and our dear listeners are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 